My name is Ed Smith, and you're listening to the To The Point Podcast. Welcome to episode 15 of the To The Point Podcast with me, Kean McNicholas, brought to you by our new official sponsors at Summer Sportswear, where you can buy some exceptional quality sportswear and activewear if you go to the website at www.summersportswear.eu. And you can also find them on social media at Summer Europe. That is S U M A Europe. Now, in today's episode, I chat to radio host at Today FM, Mr. Ed Smith. And Ed chats to me about all things from his 22 years working in Today FM, his life threatening heart attack, and what five dinner guests he would have at his dinner party, and much, much more. Without further ado, here is my chat with Ed Smith. Do you mind kind of explaining who you are and what you do to people who might know? So, uh, Again, my name is Ed Smith. Uh, I work in Today FM. I present the late evening, late night, graveyard, alternative indie, left of centre, weird music slot uh, every night from Sunday through Thursday, as they say in America, from 10pm. And how long have you been at Today FM? That's obviously where you're working now. Now, here's a good question. I am with Today FM technically 20 two years wow and how long doing so, the slot you do now oh doing the slot i'm doing i've been, so doing the slot i mean i've actually a recent arrival uh to the late night slot i was doing seven o'clock so i'm it's about it's nearly two months i think wow uh wow. i'm very bad with dates uh keen but it's it's a, it's about six weeks two months so you're new enough in the role i'm new enough in this slot yeah mm. uh so i've been i kind of bounced around the weekends a bit and i then had for a couple of years the seven to ten slot Sunday to Thursday, but uh, they've changed the music policy for the seven show. So I was uh, moved to the 10 o'clock slot mm. uh, and they gave me a full indie alternative remit, which is great. So I love that. Yeah. And you kind of get free reign with that slot. I would have a. So what happened was so Paul McLuhan was obviously there before me. Um, so the remit was fairly loose, but quite specific in, in many ways because so he was. He's like the Irish John Peel. His remit would be very, yeah, alternative music, whatever that means these mm. days, or indie music. I think it was much easier to, to divine uh, years ago. But it's everything I would say that isn't daytime playlisted. Mm. I would be kind of covering yeah. many of So there, the instructions I was given when I was given the slot was uh, current indie uh, offerings with a kind of a brief look over the shoulder to some of the older stuff, maybe going back as far as the nineties. Mm. Uh, but I think I'm, I'm maybe tending more towards if I'm going older music, it'd be like uh, that golden period, the, the mid two thousands, you know, your strokes and whatnot, from, you know, and then whatever great current stuff's coming out at the moment, I'd be shining a light on that. And I do, um, would put a lot of emphasis on new Irish music as well. Mm. And would that require a lot of research and you probably do the playlist yourself with it. I do the playlist myself. So I was given a sample playlist when they handed the keys over to me, the slot. They're kind of, this is a, as a kind of a, a rough, vague guideline of where they want the songs uh, from. What pattern, I suppose, uh, temporarily, if there's such a thing, uh, uh, the songs to follow. Uh, so, but I have absolute free reign. Yeah, there's no dictation from above to go, could you play the new, I don't know, 
Corona song or whatever. So uh, it's very much uh, my own under my own steam, which is mm. which is a great luxury, I have to say, uh, in commercial radio, because mm. every other show wouldn't have any much say at all. Yeah, start off with a quick uh, game. So this game is oh. called the Opinion on Game. So I'll give you a few topics and you just give your thoughts or your opinion on them. So I start off with. What is your opinion? What are your thoughts on Irish radio at the moment, especially Irish national radio? Irish national radio, as regards quality, I think uh, I've said this many times before. I think Irish people have a very unique uh, relationship with radio. It's very much part of pretty much all their day, you know, from people getting up early doors. Uh, you've got the early breakfast slot. So it's, it's, it's it accompanies people more so than television ever would. Whereas you have to sit down and watch the television. I think radio uh, is there to kind of accompany you throughout your day. So I think Irish radio has been traditionally very good at that. So say for a station like Today FM, it would be a what I call a one-stop shop radio-wise. So you get up in the morning, you've got whoever it is, Pamela or Paula. At the moment, it's Claire. Before Paula gets back, you know, a nice, bright, breezy start to your day. You've got a bit of crack with Ian. And throughout the day, then, obviously, we swerve into the political with Matt. So you've got your, you get all your news mm-hmm. updates, you get your current affairs, your sports, you get a bit of obviously uh, entertainment with Dermot and Dave. So, you know, if you want to rock it out with some chart music during the day, you've got Fergal Darcy. So it's it's a bit of everything for everyone. So I think Irish radio has had to adapt to that. And it's also had to adapt to the fact how people are listening and where they're listening. You know, that the traditional drive time slots of people in their cars going to and from work, mm-hmm. specifically at the moment with the pandemic, when it was at its peak, so many people working from home that and people listening more and more through smart speakers and through the app that that those kind of tentpole uh, tentpoles in the schedule of breakfast and drive time aren't as how would I say that the emphasis has moved away from those. So, there's, you know, there's maybe more people listening at two or there's more people maybe listening at 7 p.m. because uh, there aren't, you know, the, there isn't a massive peak, although there is still a massive peak at early doors, but it's not as prevalent as it was before. So I think Irish radio has adapted to that very well. I think uh, we're still maybe behind the times when it has come to the technology. Uh, I think young people, we've got an issue there as regards capturing young people's imagination to listen to tunes, listen to radio, I should say, because obviously they have their Spotify and YouTube and however else they get their music. So that is a struggle that I think radio has always had, but it's more so now than ever. So that's something that massive challenge. Mm, but where do you see it going? Where do you see it going? I think it's never. I think people have been calling uh, the end of radio for since I was uh, listening. You know, since every generation, it's oh, that's the end of radio now. As soon as records came out, that was the end of radio. Cassette CDs, iPods, Napster, Spotify. It's always been oh, that's the end of radio. That's the end of radio. But it's it's. It is the most hardy, persistent medium out there. I'd be more worried if I was working in television. I'd be straight up and honest. Mm. Traditional television, because people now with, can pick and choose what they want from Netflix and all the streaming services. Uh, I think radio's strength is that it adds the human touch, the human personality. And I think where it's going in the future, I think it's got to really embrace, oh God, forgive me for using this expression, but the 360 model. It isn't just a transistor in the kitchen anymore, you know? And people do have a lot more choice that you can say to Alexa, Alexa play BBC Radio 6 and she might do it now. You know, so we the competitions out there is is stronger. So we've got to adapt to that and, and, and realize and adapt. And also then again, 
it's easier to listen to radio more so than it has ever been. So that's the bonus. So it's just about embracing the new technologies and how people are listening. And traditionally, I don't think radio has been the quickest on the uptake there when it comes to technology. But the basics of radio, radio is like a bicycle. It's, you know, you can change the frame, you can change the aerodynamics, you can change the, the gear levers or whatever, but a bike's a bike at the end of the day. And I think radio, you know, it, you can't really mess around with the fundamentals too much because that's the reason people listen. You know, people want to hear tunes that comfort them, that excite them, that inform them, you know, and then they want a nice, warm, friendly, hopefully funny, informed voice uh, introducing and, you know, telling stories and they want to, to be able to relate to it. So I don't want this industry to overthink it either. You know, so it's a fine balance. It's a hard one to get right, but I think we're doing it okay. Yeah. Hmm. It won't be solved today, that's for sure. But that kind of links on to my... Enough. <laughs> that kind of links on to my next point what i want to get your take on podcasts and i know today fm are, are investing a lot in podcasts yeah. um how has it transformed as you say the traditionals and the fundamentals of radio i think uh podcasts for a music show it you know my show obviously you can't podcast music so for me for example you know a lot of people would ask oh would you not podcast your show you physically legally cannot so I think it's maybe more in the spoken, uh, the kind of more wordy shows that have the issue. So like Today FM, again, was a little behind the curve, I think, with podcasts by a couple of years. I think mm. maybe as much as 2FM were. Um, so I think the likes of The Last Word have embraced podcasts. And you, you're talking hundreds of thousands of listens a month for it could be their sports slot. Because people now are in, ingesting media in kind of bite-sized chunks. So they want to know that they can listen to whatever they want, when they want, as opposed to being dictated to um, by when the show is on. So that's something that I think radio is going to come up against. If you're asking me where it's going, just to, re just to revert back to that question, my honest thoughts on this are, I can see radio going to a subscription service. So this is just my theory. This is crazy, but this is where I'm thinking it's going to go. So I think, say today, FM, you'll pay your six, seven quid a month and ad revenue, our reliance on the agencies and the and, and commercials will slowly phase out maybe some sponsorship will remain but we'll get our main uh, revenue will come from subscription and that'll give you a lot more control of when you listen what you listen to so the shows will remain the same but i think it will it will go to a subscription service so people will pay six seven quid a month to have access to today fm and then with that you can get exclusive access to interviews and all that kind of carry all the bells and whistles that people are getting used to now I think people's willingness to pay for media. When I was coming up, uh, I remember at the Irish Times announced that it was going to a subscription service. People lost their minds. Pay. For the, you know, and you're, you're, if you think about it logically, you're doing that anyway. But not to have a physical paper in your hand and you're still paying for it, it was just. But people have swung the other way completely. So people are spending maybe twice as much as they would. They're paying for their Virgin or Sky. They're paying for their Netflix, their Amazon. They're paying for their magazine subscriptions. They're paying for their OnlyFans, whatever they're paying for. So people are paying up to 200 quid a month. Mm. So I don't think, I think radio is the only one left, really, between behind television and newspapers or magazines uh, that isn't subscription-based. And I can see that's where it's going to be. Yeah, it's a very that's interesting That's where they're going to have to embrace. Yeah. That's where they're, they're going to have to go, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But what is your um, initial thoughts on the format of podcasting away from, obviously, radio? Oh, sorry, podcasting. Yeah. Uh, the, the current format of podcasting is, it's, it's, it's a bit of a gold rush going on. Obviously, we're getting in on it. Again, I feel uh, not that the, 
the gold rush is over, but every, a lot of people are getting into podcasting. So I think that the market itself has to be careful that it's not saturated to the point mm. where each podcast is has a couple of hundred listeners because, you know, <clears throat> that's there's no... I think if you have a show, it really should... All the biggest podcasts uh, in, our, in our station, they're supplementing or complementing their main gig, which would be radio. So, for example, we've got someone like Darren Garrahy, who is a radio star and a comedian, obviously. Her podcast is part of her media empire. You know, it's not the sole outlet for her. Obviously, for financially, I wouldn't think she she know she's doing fine out of it. I'm sure, but it's there to complement and boost, and it is a vital part of her media. So she does comedy stuff and television. She has a radio show, which is a major part. She's an influencer, and she does a podcast. So I think as part of a I don't know a media package that people have, it's vital. Yeah. And I think for shows like The Last Word, you know, News Talk podcast a lot. So they'll podcast uh, off the ball are, prom- are producing incredible amount of podcasts. Uh, and that is all, but all roads have to lead back to the main product, which is your radio show. And, you know, you can't, for me, as a, maybe a slightly tr- traditional radio head, that it, sh- it should be there to, to boost your profile, to make people more aware of you uh, and aware of what your product is. But your product, your main product, the biggest shop you own, should be a radio show. Um, but I think radio is going to maybe, once radio starts monetizing podcasts to the full extent it can with radio shows, then that'll change. But as the current model <clears throat> podcast, we're getting there. Um, the likes of Acast are way ahead of us there, of course, and how they're monetizing. It's a very clever model with the, sh- with the sharing of the <clears throat> ad revenue that's coming in. But I just feel that uh, podcasts themselves are expensive to make the good ones. Uh, there's a huge amount of competition, more so than there is in radio from England and the production values that you see in the States for these full-time professional podcast houses and machines. You know, you really have to invest a serious amount of time and money to get the mm. attention of people because people are downloading podcasts. And mm. that competition is not something that we as radio <clears throat> producers and presenters have to come up with as readily as podcast makers. But again, if all, all, all content is local, you know, the West Cork podcast was one of the biggest podcasts of that year. Uh, it was an English production that was only available on Audible, you know, of an Irish subject. But if someone was to catch that gold, yeah, capture the imagination. But a lot of effort needs to go into it, a lot of time. And I think the current model is a little bit behind, behind I think. And people are still catching up. But I, I can see the, the market getting flooded. And maybe there's too many podcasts, to my mind. Sometimes you're just overwhelmed with the number of podcasts. And there's a lot of sameness going on. So it's trying to come up with something unique and different to capture people's imaginations. It's a tough one out there, yeah. But as it stands, it's getting there. Again, it's a new industry. So there's going to be a lot of um, mistakes made, uh, a lot of ill-defined, you know, a lot of carbon, a lot of people just trying to make money quick. And it's, you know, like any new industry, every new business, there's going to be a lot of people trying to trying to rush it. But I think radio is getting there a little late, but we're taking our time with it now with, with our investments. And hopefully we're getting there. Yeah, interesting. What has the past year and a half at this stage been like for yourself personally uh, with COVID-19? You're obviously your frontline worker in Today FM on yeah on, on the radio. You're, you're kind of holding people's hand through that tough time, playing their favourite music, a bit of escapism. What has it been like personally for you? Personally, um, do you know what? Here's the honest answer to that. I'm almost the wrong person to ask in so much as my life before the pandemic was quite pandemic-y because since I had the heart attack, I have lived quite a quiet life. I've 
really cut back socially. I was staying in a lot. I was going for a lot of walks. Mm-hmm. I was minding my P's and Q's. And I was all the only places I go would be into work, home, centre, maybe my local once every couple, maybe a month or two, and then down to my old senior farm. And, and when the pandemic hit, you know, it impacted me less, much less than it did maybe younger people or people who were a lot more sociable than I was. Uh, so personally, from that point of view, it hasn't, you know, I've escaped a lot of the, the traumatic and obviously financially it didn't, I didn't, it didn't affect my job. I didn't take any hit in pay. No, we did take a pay cut for a while, but that was reinstated. So scar wise, I've escaped fairly, very luckily, I should say, I, I'm, I've been okay. Emotionally, I found it at the beginning quite tough because of my health condition. I, I, uh, obviously if I'd gotten it early doors, uh, it would have spelled real trouble for me. So I found that was the hardest trouble was the fear. Uh, and I had, I had a panic attack at one stage, which prompted me then to leave Dublin um, and just to move down to Mayo uh, permanently for about two and a half, three months. And I was luckily, uh, very, uh, very luckily able to do the show from there. So that took the pressure off me entirely. And, uh, and then when I came back, things were in a much, I was in a much better place and I was much able to, more able to navigate the new norm, as they say. So personally, I've been okay. You know what I mean? That I was kind of, do I miss festivals? And, you know, I'm getting to the age now, Keen. you know, where I, I, I'm, as, I'm as happy going to a nice quiet gig, listen to my tunes at home. You know, I'm getting paid to do my shows. Radio hasn't had, you no know, obviously advertising wise, and but our company navigated it very cleverly. Uh, financially so we the majority of us escaped without any kind of major financial concerns thank god you know but other industries have not been as lucky yeah. so you know as, as things start to ease up i'm delighted for people that are able to go back boozing and hanging out at festivals hanging out of each other and getting their rides all over town but uh you know those days those you know good luck to them but even going into town now i'm like ah you're all right even when things get back to normal i'm as happy now just to Still go for my big walks, go to my local, go to Centra, go down to Mayo, and uh, have a nice, quiet, very boring old man life. And I'm loving every single day. And how was I your did, time in Mayo? How was my time in Mayo? Yeah. Uh, glorious. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, it really turned my head as regards, um, I, could, I could live I could live in a, in a town easily, or in a village like Foxford. Or I think once, you know, once you have Wi-Fi, really, you know, and if the technology will be there, you know, I could broadcast, you know, from a toilet in Claire Morris. So the thing is, I think, you know, that, that my ties to Dublin, now I have the baby in Mayo obviously now, so that's obviously a huge draw down there. But, you know, once I'm in contact with my friends and my sister lives here, but as regards, you know, the restaurants and the nightclubs and the gigs that Dublin offers, I think that maybe a lot more appealing to the to the younger. Listen, I'm not saying I'm 93 or anything, you know what I mean? But I, I'm not, you know, you, what dub, the appeal Dublin holds for people is less appealing to me. I've done it, Keen. I've done it. It almost literally killed me. So I've lived the life of yeah. seven people in the city. I'm as happy now. I wouldn't. I would have no issue moving down somewhere like. And there's so much going on outside Dublin. You forget. And there's some slightly condescending, I think, dismissive attitude heading outside. That's like, ah, it's okay for a few days in an Airbnb. Really, you'd have to be where the action is. Where the action is, I'm telling you. The action here doesn't interest me as much as it did, and there's a lot more in, in, uh, action that interests me outside Dublin. So I'd happily move to Mayo. Yeah, I loved it. Beautiful mm-hmm. county, great people. And you mentioned and you had that um, very scary heart attack. Yeah. Um, do you feel that has 
matured you in a way you, you look back yes. now and say I'm past all mm. that and I'm just like my nice subtle walks and but I'm, yeah, matured I'm good. Um, I think matured yes I, you've, you've, I've no choice you know I think uh, it's definitely copped me on and I've wised up you know I was getting away with it for too long uh, and literally for too long I was living the life of a man 10 years younger for too long uh, 10 years too late and I think I got the wake up call that I needed and I have, and I wish I'd obviously cleared it. I wish I'd gotten it sooner. I wouldn't have had the heart attack. But there's so many positives to be taken from it. So I think I've grown up a lot, you know, and I think the tide has gone out for me, especially during the pandemic when I've been left with my own thoughts and to reflect on how I was living my life, not just physically with what I was, you know, uh, doing, like eating or drinking or smoking or whatever, but emotionally, you know, and I've, I'm, I've grown up a lot. And I think it's pandemic's been very good for me for that, you know, based off to a lot of demons, Based up to a lot of my shortcomings, you know, and my reluctance to face up to reality. When you've, you've when you've no choice but to face it, it's not the most comfortable thing at the time. But the pandemic has forced me, and it's all the better for it. And I've embraced it. And now, listen, I'm, I'm still a, still a gobshite, you know. But uh, no doubt. But I'm less of one, and I think I'm really more self-aware of my actions and the impact that have, they have on myself, my body, and my spirit and those around me more so than I ever was so and in many ways I, maybe I feel bad saying this but I've a lot to be grateful for for the heart attack and then the pandemic afterwards you know? hmm. and you mind if I take it back to your early career so when you were younger did you always want to be on radio did you always want to be in the broadcasting uh, I, you know what, I, 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 I always loved it I whether I wanted to be on it or not I just didn't think it was even a positive it's, it's like loving football and kicking the ball around and then thinking, someone saying, would you play in the Premier League? And I'm like, uh, no, why, what? And then, so it was only, I think, when I got into radio, uh, I, had, I had law down as my first choice in CEO. And I was handed a, what do they call them? Prospectus for communications DIT. And I looked at it and I went, oh my, all the planets just aligned in my head. I was like, I love watching old movies. I love television. I'm a bit of a comedy nerd. And I love radio and it was all there do you like all these things well I was like, oh, sorry, I do I do yeah yeah I do so I changed my god and I think it was only then I looked back when I went into college did I realize how much maybe of a strange child I was when it came to radio like I'd be listening to you know far too young maybe even your parents might remember this man this guy called Val Joyce used to present the late date on radio one so I'd have the little my dad's little transistor radio uh up to my ear at the age of eight like nine ten eleven twelve in bed, just just loud enough so I could hear it, but it wouldn't travel beyond my head or my pillow outside my bedroom, so my parents couldn't hear. And I would just listen to his voice, listen to his delivery. His links were slightly eccentric. His music, though, was... So at the age of 11, I could sing all the words to a Leonard Cohen song or Where Did You Go To My Lovely? And I just never thought it was odd. It just, it was just... Or as so I'd listen to Virgin, in Longwave, you'd be able to hear Virgin in England. There's a guy called James Whale, and there was a guy called Nick. No, I think Nick, um, I think of him anyway. Just like late night shock jock radio. Like there was nothing like it on RTE. And RTE, you have to remember, is the only show in town at that stage. This is before Century came in. We wouldn't have even. So I was a kind of a weird, unconscious student of radio, you know. And so I'd be listening to the Goonies at the weekend on Saturday afternoon on Radio One, you know, and whether everyone else was listening to, I don't know. But like the radio landscape was so much more narrow then. So when I got into radio, 
I just didn't realize how much information I'd taken in just by being a, a strange child. And then when I did get into it, into Today FM and around 99, it was such an exciting, game-changing environment and atmosphere. Today FM were very much the new punks in town, <clears throat> very much kind of a, now listen, it's still a corporate book, but like it was still the upstart and a lot of great young creative energy in the building. And like 2FM, Radio 1 had gotten complacent and they were like the smashy and nicey, like all the guys were still very mid-Atlantic, kind of very jockey jocks. It's very safe. And they were pulling in hundreds of thousands of people a day. So when Today FM came along, you know, Radio Ireland didn't work. So they, they changed it up. Some brilliant signings like Ian Dempsey, Tom Dunn, Don Deneen, Eamon Dunphy changed the game. So I was there for all that. And it was, I just wish I was maybe a bit more sensible at the time that I get taken up with the parting side of things or just the excitement of it that I should have learned a bit more from but it's, uh, retrospectively I've, I've been able to pick up on it but today if I'm at the, in its day and changed just changed the whole landscape and it's great to be still part still to, to be still there in radio terms bananas bananas and what was your first role there so I started off actually just doing market research of an evening from six to nine. So basically we'd cold call people. Imagine it now. We'd cold call people and we were, we'd call ourselves Ireland Ireland Media Research. So I go, hello, this is Ed here from Ireland Media Research. I'm wondering if you'd, if you'd five minutes just to answer, bleep, and they'd hang up and they'd tell me Every now and then someone would go, okay, yeah, yeah. And you go, so can, you, can I tell you what time do you listen to the radio? And then you'd have a form. Of, can you tell me which, and then you'd play them songs down the radio. Which one do you, do you like this? Yes, no, uh, very laborious, but very interesting too, you know. And then I got made supervisor of that. And then there was a job going in the, the head of music was looking for an assistant. I got that job. And then I was working on what was then the football show, the Premier League Live. So I was working there. So anything that came up, I put my name forward for anything. Oh. Like it could be cleaning the toilets. I was at one stage, I was standing at the crossroads, handing out, handing out um, dressed, I think yellow or just as a banana, handing out hearings at like half seven in the morning during push hour traffic. <laughs> And that's, I got the call the night before. Can you do it? Yep. And it's because of that, I think, not that I was particularly good at all of any of all of what I was doing, but reliability is 80% of the game in radio. You know, if you can turn up on time, do the job at that time when things were really growing in today, they just need someone to come in and do the, do the gig. And I was thankfully there at the right time. So I was very lucky in many ways. A couple of years either way, and my career wouldn't have gone the way it has, thank God. So I was very lucky. And who did you look up to in the ZFM offices? The ZFM offices, oh gosh, back in the day, who was there then? Well, obviously Ian Dempsey, isn't it? You know, that whole team, don't feel really as well, you know, difficult, uh, ex- not eccentric, what's the word to look for? You know, he was, a, but he was like, they were like a rock, they were like a punk group, that team. They just swaggered around the place. There was a fuck you attitude to don't feel his team, which really shook the place up, shook up the whole scene. Hmm. That was genuinely genuinely scared of them like they were very intimidating like intellectually humor wise in the case of Stephen, the producer physically a big you know loud northern man so this kid coming in i was like i'd be shitting in my pants you know like i was like oliver twist like you'd have to ask them something and don't used to smoke in the building and just throw his bag down i always remember that didn't give a fuck who's gonna say it to me and you're going looking back now, and he like he changed, he absolutely changed the game. And then when Ray Darcy came in, like again another game changer. We were very lucky. Like Darcy was, I don't think people appreciate how innovative Ray Darcy was. Now, I'm not saying he's not still, 
But when he came in, he was such a breath of fresh air. His take, his delivery, his show was the talk of the nation. Every day, people would change their days to tune into Ray Darcy. At his peak, the most popular radio show in the country. So, and he made it, he made radio accessible and relatable much more so for the very first time, I think. I'm not going to disparage who was going to say I was, but no. But compared to Jerry Ryan, who was still on that time, I think, God rest him, very different, you know. And, and Jerry Ryan was still coming from a certain height. And he he would take pride in talking about it. I flew to York, I went to Fitzgerald. You know, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't very relatable, Jerry Ryan. He was still quite a posh Dublin depot. Not there's anything wrong with that. But Ray Darcy was working class, Kildare, played a bit of rugby. He was a normal boy next door, man next door. And then the chemistry between him, Jenny, and then Moraid, Martin. They were the dream team. They were like the Avengers. And just to, I was worked on that team for for a while. It was just magic. And the reaction and the con the impact they had on people's lives the text coming in like this is a man who brought texting into into radio i'm yeah. not putting too much on it but people were texting in and they're reading them out ray you can't you know it was like a live line but it was just magic to be part of that and to see that and for today of him like that really built the stations as well so i think ray darcy uh at his peak obviously ian dent you can't deny Dent's monumental figures in irish radio across us and 2fm you know the man still sounds absolutely as fresh as a daisy and still loves it you can tell he still loves it still how he has gotten up that early in the morning for 30 odd years is inhuman to me and the man is a very special broadcaster so don't feed Dempsey and Darcy I think at that stage where and then of course you know Don Dean will always hold a special place in my heart like he's he is a mad monk uh of music you know the beautiful style of radio uh the man who lives and breathes music and introducing and uh finessing and curating very sometimes challenging but never not interesting playlists and just using the radio speakers as an outlet for his passion for music so don't mean really as well just different gravy as you kids say yeah <laughs> um when was your first break onto an on-air role in today fm uh, i was god now the year gonna I, I'll, I, it's about now nah, let me see i'd say it's about nine years ago ten maybe nine ten years ago and my CEO at the time was challenging me. I was coasting a bit. I was producing. I was producing at the time, and my hours he felt weren't being fully used, you know. And he said, "Listen, we want more from you. What have you got?" And uh, he was challenging me, and I, at the time I was a bit defensive and uh, pouty about it, going, "How dare you? I'm Ed Smith. You know what I mean? I'm king of it." And he was right entirely. So I just said, "This I love my own show," not thinking he would. It was just a moment to get him off my back, and then he goes, "Okay, yeah." Come back to me in a week with a with a plan. So I walked in, and five minutes later, I walked out of the show, and I just couldn't. So that was the start of Ed's indie disco on uh, Saturday night, and that went really well for me. Now I was very—I I don't think I'll ever listen back to the first couple of shows because I just can't even think. Um, it got a great response, and thank God. And then they moved me to Sunday, and that went really well. And then moved me to earlier on Sunday to seven. That developed into Ed's songs of praise, which was a very special time for me. Up until it was, um, it was asked to finish, so that was great. That was my probably my favorite show I've ever done. So I've been very lucky. And then I did little bits and pieces with Ray Darcy back in the day. I did bits and pieces with the football show. I was a movie reviewer for Matt Cooper for years, so I was popping up here, there, and everywhere. But it was only until really I think, and then I started, of course, then I got my weekday show, so Sunday to Thursday for a couple of years. So it's been a slow but steady 
journey to where I am. Wow. And looking back now, what has been the highlight of your time in today, FN? Oh, my God. I think this is going to sound... Uh, I think working in Today FM and being... This is a very... Working and being in Today FM is the highlight of my life in Today FM. It's been one of the highlights of my life. You know, friends and family and almost included. But the, every day I came, honestly, and I, every day I go in and I sit down and I go, how is this around? How am I still coming in here? And I get to play tunes for a couple of hours to people that want to hear them and I'm playing tunes I love. So, but the highlight, I think, what the highlight was, I think personally and professionally, I think when I was on a, the, the Songs of Praise, Ed Songs of Praise, for me, there was something would, magic would happen on a Sunday night. And when you'd hit your groove, which, which thankfully happened more often than not, and you're in, you're in, uh, what's I suppose the word I'm looking for? You're in uh, unison with the, with the listener and they're, they're reacting going, oh my God, this is so, and you're going, oh my God, I'm loving playing these songs. And they're loving listening to them. And then the feedback and the interaction that you're part of their evenings. And then you get messages going out, you know, we've have, I've had a really tough time. And, and that songs and, you know, the songs you played, I might have done. I did one actual show about songs your father loved. So I do a lot of themes. I used to do a lot of themes. Hmm. And I did songs that your father loved. And it occurred to me because I think my own father passed away some years ago. And people would go every now and then, oh, that reminds me of my dad. This could be the Eagles of Johnny Cash or whatever. Oh, I can get three hours out of this. So I put the call out during the week. I said, listen, what's the sound around? He doesn't have to be dead, for fuck's sake. He, <laughs> he can still be alive, but like, what song, what's your dad's song? You know? And the reaction to that was very, very uh, touching and beautiful in many ways, because obviously music soundtracks are relationships, not just with ourselves, but with those around us, obviously. And Irish people, you know, relationships with their fathers and the songs that their fathers would put in the car the one cassette they'd have, they'd be going on holidays. And that's the song. Then when they hear that, it brings them right back to the back of that car uh, going on holidays or the dad tinker in the garage or, you know, so that that was one particular show that stands out as being, and it just really hmm. was an emotional one, I think for all concerned, you know, so that is the power of radio. That's what Spotify will never give you. That's what YouTube will never give you. That's what an algorithm will never give you, hmm. you know, yeah. and that's what radio will always be there. When it gets it right, when it hits, and it wasn't anything to do with me. I just happened to, the planets aligned, as I say, just that one particular night. It was a good idea, no doubt. I'm not going to say it wasn't. But I wasn't <laughs> expecting the reaction to, you know, the emotional impact it had. Now, that was, I suppose that was one of the, one of the a highlight, within a highlight, would have been that show, yeah. Yeah, wow. And that, as you said, it encapsulates the beauty of radio, that you just can't get on a podcast, you can't get on a Spotify. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, 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 it's happening real. It's now. You know, you know, obviously with a pre-recorded show, you don't, but like when you're reacting to the mood, you're, you know, it's like when you're DJing and you read the room, you're going, oh, I don't know, I think they need a little bit of this. Mm. And you're just going with the, and then once you get that kind of rhythm right, it, it's, it is magic. And you can feel the energy coming through the text and WhatsApps and people are leaving voice notes and people are saying, I'm in tears here, Ed, you're playing A Boy Called Sue from Johnny Cash. It was my dad's song. It was my dad's song. And, you know, when you get that connection right, there's nothing like it. Kim. Television will never give it to Netflix. Amazon. Yeah. And that's what radio, that's to go back to a previous question, that's what radio will always have. It'll always have podcasts as clever and as accessible and as futuristic as they are. Yeah. Uh, people just love having their name read out. <laughs> <laughs> it's as simple as that. <laughs> it fucking is, man. I tell you, you get it like the most sophisticated people I'll meet. Oh my God, millionaires. And oh, you gave me a shout out. 
and they're reduced to being kids you know what i mean like just to hear their name on the radio and it, it never ceases to amaze me that people still love hearing their name or that and it is and like yeah and to this day even at midnight or half 12 at night people and any chance you'd wish my daughter a happy birthday you're like oh my god yeah of course and they're all sitting around the radio and i go happy birthday kathy murphy from you know Schneem and Kerry, and I can hear them almost, ah, you know, getting all excited and like that's beautiful. That is yeah. just to me. That is the magic of it. That is that's the juice. Yeah. And before I get on to a quick fire round, do you mind giving yeah. us an idea into what a day in the life is like of Ed Smith? So work wise, um, I'd get up. I I do the show in work, so I'll get up. I try to get a walk in. I have to get my ten k in a day. Didn't today, no, but I. You should try and get 10k in a day. So then I would walk, the, I walk into work. I get in for about 11. And the reason I started doing that was because I was missing uh, the energy and the vibe of being around. Like I sit beside Dermot and Dave and the last word. And it's just great to be in amongst it, you know, because you're sitting here at your cardboard desk with only David Bowie for company uh, <laughs> on your own or you're on your bed upstairs. It's just not the same thing. So I, I have to be in amongst the radio. So I, I would go in and I'd put my show together. It takes about I'm, I'm I'm quite meticulous and I'm a little distractible so somebody might walk past and that's 10 minutes gone because I'm chatting to Dave Moore about I don't know Metallica or something so but it's lovely to be there so it takes about two two and a half hours to put the show together so I'll spend the morning the first thing I'll do is listen to any new tunes that have come in and then I'll pick the ones I like and I'll schedule them into the show I will then go over the Spotify to be fair is handy for this enemy or brilliant for this as well they've got maybe top 20 lists from every year so I'll just go back to the year, say, 2011. I'll go, because my memory's not great for music. I, I wouldn't be an encyclopedia of music at all as regards. So I, I'll go to Spotify, put 2011 indie in, and they'll be like, oh, my God, like last night, like for example, last night I played The Naked and Famous, which is a band I'd completely forgotten about. And I played that as I was reading, and people go, oh, my God, I forgot about this. So so I'll go back to some of the oldie stuff, and I'll make sure this show is sounding current, uh, fresh from an oldie's point of view, that I haven't gone back to the old wells of Radiohead and <laughs> the Arctic Monkeys and Pearl Jam and Nirvana. And I need to be careful that I don't kind of find myself repetitive and therefore predictable. So that I'll try and keep that fresh. But then again, give them the joy divisions. and the, So just trying to get the mix right. And then I'll do my timings for the ads and then I'll do my social media stuff. And so I'll be done by three, no, but two, uh, two o'clock. Between get the show together, maybe meet a few people in work, chat about this, that, and the other, meeting the bosses. Then I'll go home and then I'll open up the laptop if a song pops into my head or else I go, no, I'm not, I don't feel like that song anymore tonight. Or something might have happened to the news and I can't put it in or whatever. So then I'll go into work then for nine and I'll just have a look over the show again and then I'll check my timings and then I'll do a bit more social media stuff and I'll start my playlist, just get my playlist bits and bobs together and then that's it. Do the show and I'm home by... I'll be back in bed. I finish show at midnight. I'm in bed, no doubt, down to my thong in bed at 20 past midnight. So it's crazy to me that within 15 minutes, I'm broadcasting to the country and 15 minutes later, I'm in bed. So that's the glory of Living City Centre. But that's that would be most of my day. Listen to new music, reintroducing myself and re-remembering older indie classics, but more from, from more the 2000s. And then... Uh, trying to keep the oldie oldies a little fresher than maybe what i would used to so just trying to get the balance right yeah 
Hmm. But then I'd be looking at social media all day long. I'm looking at Twitter. Fuck, like a crazy man. Looking at the music magazine, uh, Pitchfork, all that. Just see if I've missed anything musically. And that's it. Yeah, that'd be my day. It's fairly routine. I'm a man of routine. And then the weekends, I'm down to meal. So, and I'm covered in nappies and <laughs> mushed. Veggies. Back to reality. Yeah. That's <laughs> uh, um, glorious. I have a great life, kid. I have a great life. Just talking about it now. She's a fucking man. I'm, what a day. I'm very lucky. Very lucky. Yeah. I'll get on to a quick fire round just to finish things off. Um, mm. I'll start off with who is your favorite broadcaster? Who is my favorite broadcaster? Yes. Around or ever? Can Around at the moment. Um, I was only thinking about this the other day. I think the one who had the most impact on me. I think. Well, I think. I think my favorite broadcaster of all time, the radio broadcaster, was uh, Terry Wogan. Mm-hmm. Um, just for his his approach. Now, in a way, he's he's the worst person to have as an idol because he's so impossible to uh, emulate in many ways. His gift was so natural and so unique that it's like, who do you want to be like? I want to be like Messi. You're going, well, you're fucking, you're never going to be like Messi, you know? So <laughs> pick somebody like a, a workhorse, a Hoiberg, maybe, but not a, you know, but with with Terry Wogan, I think his approach, his natural, warm, unflappable ease behind the microphone, uh, his relationship with his listeners, he was very big on making the listener feel like a club. So he had his togs, he called them, Terry's old, Terry's old geezers, and they all fell part of something. It was such a genius move that every morning, eight million people came. He had eight million. Crazy. Uh, now that's I suppose compared to like Howard Stern and all that, but eight million people. Uh, and I think that the manner in which he would, by all accounts, come in no preparation really, just given the bare facts. I got it. His natural, warm charisma, and charm and intelligence very overlooked regarding his intelligence and his broadcast brilliance very smart man so i think terry wogan for me would would be uh one of the people that not that i'll ever emulate or even in uh or even get close to being as good as but you know he would be the one that i would have turned to as a kid going wow he did he was probably the greatest one and gay burn as well to be fair to bring him more home gay burn's radio show changed this country changed this country and he was the right man at the right time now he wouldn't I've changed it now. Things moved on. But he was that man with one foot in the past and one foot in the future that needed to build a bridge between old Ireland, which was, there wasn't much difference between 1930s Ireland and 1970s Ireland. There wasn't. So he was very, had the foresight and the courage and the, and the broadcast ability, obviously, the intelligence and the hard work to just get it just right that he held people's hands and brought them at least some way towards a more modern uh, way of thinking about society. So Terry Wogan and Gay Byrne, yeah, would be up there. There's some brilliant answers. Um, what is your favourite pastime? Christ, I, I don't know if I have one. Uh, this is not terrible. I don't know if I... I, I used to play five aside. I loved that. I've, I've obviously, for obviously reasons, I've, I've given that up. What is my favourite fight? Uh, do you know, I love... Ch- oh, God. I, reading and all that boring stuff. Uh, I love... I love listening to podcasts. I shouldn't say that. I love going for my walk. <laughs> I love going for my walk and going for maybe a two-hour walk and listening to a history podcast, uh, absolutely nerding myself into almost an arthritic position of absolute nerdiness, going, this is just so nerd. <laughs> I just, you know, that's my that's my time, you know, and I just love the most esoteric and weirder the better for me. So, that, yeah, I think that's, a, that's as time, if you'd asked me five years ago, 
I would have said something completely different. My life now is a lot more quiet and insular. So I would say going for my big walks is my favorite path. It's my favorite time just to kind of turn the phone off and escape for two hours. Now, I listen to music, obviously. That's probably a bit more of an obvious answer. And I'm a Spurs fan. So whilst that oh. is a pastime, <laughs> whilst it is a pastime, uh, I suppose pastimes have one. an inherent implication of pleasure. Uh, following Spurs, I think, is more of a, what's the word I'm looking for? Hardship. Penance. More of a penance than a pastime. And following Spurs would keep me grounded uh, with pain and anguish and disappointment, which offsets all the other great stuff I have in my life, like my babies, my two children, my partner and my job and family and friends. So I have all that great stuff. And then every Saturday or Wednesday, Spurs then would balance all that out. Hmm. So if you want to cause, I'll talk, my, my penance is Spurs, my pastime uh, is walking and listening to weird shit. Very good. What is your biggest advice for young people looking to get into broadcasting? Know what you're getting into as in so much as you've got to listen to radio. You've got to listen to what's out there. Listen, not just Irish radio. You've got to listen to where maybe it's a little ahead of the ahead of the curve. Like Australia is always traditionally the one people listen to. England, BBC's, your commercial radio station over there. Find out what the program directors in the likes of Heart or Kiss or in Australia, which direction they're going. And I'd also say to young people that despite radio being seen, I suppose, as a kind of arcane, old-fashioned, fusty, uncool medium, and that Instagram and TikTok, uh, now I sound like 1980s gay bird here, but Instagram, TikTok and all that, but whilst it is a quicker and I suppose more readily, more readily accessible access to acknowledgement and affirmation and fame as such, that there's a whole, I'm telling you right now that radio is a, a gap in the market wide open for young people to get into radio. I know program directors around the country and us in, in, in nationals who are getting a little worried that, that, that there aren't enough young, there isn't enough, like any football team, the youth, the, the youth, any team is built on their youth system and there's a, a slight worry that there isn't enough young people getting into radio. They don't see it as an attractive option. And I'm telling them right now, it is a huge, what other medium can guarantee you, even a local station, 20,000 people actively listening to what you're saying, not just flicking past a photograph or flicking past a, a dumb dance on TikTok, but you have their ears, you have them, their attention for anything up to two, three hours. And you might get be able to choose the music, but you can exercise so much control over how your, your image and your impact and your brand by, by radio. And then that becomes part of the, it's a great springboard. If you do well enough, you, hard, you work hard enough in the locals, make your way up to national. The rest of your world, if you want to become an influencer, if you want to become famous on Instagram, your, your appearance, you know, if you're going to get paid to appear in things, radio, I'm telling you right now, is the Trojan horse young people need to re-examine as an option for their future media career. It, and plus, you don't have to fucking dress up. Stay to me. You know, <laughs> you know, with television, there's a lot of finicking going on. And fair enough, people might recognize you more easily. But you go in, it's done. There's less mess. And you go in, you sit down. There's no lighting. There's no floor managers. There's no makeup. There's none of all this fandangle nonsense that goes on with television. You go in, you sit down, you push up your mic, and you are gone. You're done. Show's over. You walk away. It's tidy, it's clean. And if you get it right, it's a great springboard uh, to a great future in not just radio, but all kinds of media. 
I would say to any young people is to re-examine. Go to your local station, offer yourself, learn. And before you know it, you'll be up, you'll be up the big leagues much quicker than when it was a lot more competitive back in the day. So reconsider radio. <laughs> brilliant, Ed, brilliant. Uh, tea or coffee? Uh, I, we, we, it would be tea, Barry's, Barry's tea. Barry's. But I'm, I'm kind of getting into coffee in the last one. Since I had my heart attack. Favourite TV series? Favourite TV series? Uh, Cheers. Cheers. Uh, greatest comedy of all time. Uh, uh, I think that? to this, where would you find Cheers? Yeah. Jesus, do you know what? That's a good question. You'll, you'll find on some of those channels. It, you know, it's worth looking into. I don't know whether I have the I have the box sets here, so I watch them on that. But uh, you'd find on maybe Amazon or, or, or Netflix. But if you can go back in, it is uh, now Golden Girls is up there to my mind as a very underrated. But Cheers is the greatest uh, comedy situation comedy of all time. The characterizations, the acting, the dialogue, the chemistry, and just the storytelling and obviously the jokes are quality just timeless <laughs> and larry charles Addie's peak ted danson kirstie ali shelley long john ratzenberger sorry i could go on but just the humanity that's in cheers the pub itself is just a you know it's just a little stage or platform or theater for the all of as like it's like any irish pub is in itself it has to be boston as well of course because it's got that irish pub feel that all of life is around that counter from psychologists, highfalutin psychologists earning hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in, in Fraser to the so-called schlubby post postman in Cliff, the working class blue collar guy from Norm and his relationship with his wife. Sorry, I, I could go on for hours, but Cheers to me is the greatest uh, comedy and possibly therefore TV show of all time. And Alan Partridge, Alan Partridge or Cheers, but I'm going to go for Cheers at this very second. You asked me in five minutes, I'd say Partridge. <laughs> um, I would, yeah. If you're to invite any five dinner guests, can be celebrities, whatever, dead or alive, uh, who would they be? God Almighty, um, Dolly Parton, uh, dead or alive, dead or alive, uh, Dolly Parton. I'd have to notice my my answers because I haven't prepared for this are going to be so obvious. Dolly Parton. I think Elvis would have to be in there musically, politically. Genie Macaroni. Muhammad Ali, really. I suppose, yeah, I'm going very obvious here. I've, I've, I've had more time. I'd come up with more interesting sports-wise. I think, who's the most interesting sports character of all time? Maradona in his day. I'm not sure how much how good company he'd be. I'll be honest. <laughs> Plus, he'd be in the bathroom a lot. <laughs> so, I don't know. Let's be honest about it. Pele is probably a little quiet. There's probably a lot more interesting characters out there. You know what I mean? But uh, politically, going back in the day... God almighty, I don't know. Listen, you're Bobby Kennedy, just to see what his brain was like. You know, with admire Bobby Kennedy, what might have been there. And actors, I'm going to go for an old actor. Oh, Martin Scorsese would have to be there. Yeah, I'd love to have yeah. Martin Scorsese. Fantastic Kennedy brain. Kennedy. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Last question. Describe yourself in three words. Unsure, uh, happy, sorry, content. Unsure, content, and... Uh, Almighty, that's a good one. And lucky, lucky, yeah. Brilliant. Lucky, Brilliant content, and I'm sure, yeah, yeah. Thanks, man.